0: Father we just come to you now Lord we pray that you would help us for we need your help in every area that you would help us to position ourselves to posture our hearts in the position to receive from you tonight Lord God we've gathered here on purpose Lord God to hear your word to worship you to magnify you to Uh, just to express our love corporately to You, Lord, because You like that. Lord, You tell us in Your Word, that's Your desire. And Lord, we want to honor You and do that which You desire. Lord God, we know we need Your Word as well, because Your Word brings faith, and faith causes us to act upon Your Word and take hold of everything that You've provided for us. So I pray for a miracle to take place here now. As we study Your Word, let our faith arise. And Lord God, I pray somebody here tonight will appropriate the supernatural manifest of heaven in their life on earth here tonight, Lord, that they would see the miracle take place, not just hear about it, but by faith they'll reach out and take hold of it, and they'll begin to walk in it as they leave here this night. God, we give you praise for that in advance, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. I don't know about you, but I'm expecting a miracle. I am, I live in expectancy. And I am seeing so much of God. I am seeing His hand in so many mighty ways. And it's not that He just started moving and doing. He's been doing. But it's like I'm coming up to the level where I now... My eyes are open to see, and the doors are open, and I'm running through them. And I want you to do the same. So, But let me tell you what. When we move forward with the Lord, we make somebody in His kingdom really upset. Okay, you can guess who that is, right? Yep, yeah, we make the devil mad, and every demon that's following him mad. So we need to look at this message tonight and get some revelation. I think will help us. So tonight our study is going to be on deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And we're going to start in 1 Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to see exactly what we're talking about here. Here in verse 1, chapter 4, Now the Spirit expressly, now this is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith. That as time goes on and it gets closer and closer to the return of the Lord, you're going to see some departing from the faith. How and why do they depart from the faith? It's very clear. They give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Which tells me that in these latter days that there are deceiving spirits and there are doctrines of demons that have an agenda. And the agenda is to cause believers to depart from the faith. Things you know, you will not do. Things you know not to do, you will do. Because of these deceiving spirits and these doctrines of demons. He says, he kind of identifies them. He says, they're speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received, and thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So the enemy is saying the, the Lord is saying by the Holy Spirit that the enemy is going to start where we live and he's going to try to get us off track right there where we're living, where we're eating, where we're doing business. He's not going to come in with a red tail and a pitchfork and try to get us off track. He's going to get us off track on the very common things of everyday life. Galatians 1 and 8 goes on to say, but even if we or an angel from heaven Preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached to you. Let him be accursed. In other words, Paul was saying here that when the Holy Spirit is given this Word, don't let a deceiving spirit and don't let a doctrine of demons get you off course. Stay with the Word. Stay with the Word. Oh, church, I believe that's a message in these latter days that we must be Word-central. We, we preach, we are Christocentric, that Christ is center, and He is, but He is the Word. He was the Word and became the Word, was always the Word, and came and dwelt among us and gave us the Word, so we must stay Word central. Amen. Amen. See, the main reason demons want to deceive you and what I call re-educate you is so that you will not walk in the fullness of the truth of God's Word by faith. He'll want to bring in some little deception, some little doubt in your mind and it will affect your faith and now even though you've had the word, you've walked in the word, you'll stop walking in that truth because it brings confusion in and the enemy loves to be right at the center of confusion. Where there's chaos and confusion, the devil's right there, I can tell you. God's not the author of confusion, the Bible says. And when the enemy does this, he has a purpose in mind, and his purpose is to cause the continuation of the curses to continue in your life. See, Satan wants to see the curses continue in your life as much as God wants to see the blessings be manifested in your life. Doors that were opened, uh, that, that curses had come in maybe from generations before you. When you don't walk in faith and walk by the word, the enemy can—he has access to uh, cause those curses to be manifest in your life. Or even if you turn from the word, it'll open new doors where he can bring new curses in to your life. So these demons and the devil, he want, they want to deceive you and they want to indoctrinate you with a false message. So if you've been listening to a false message that is contrary to the Word of God, now you know why that false message is coming. Because they know that the one and the most important provision made for us through the sacrificial suffering and death of Jesus Christ, that they know that they want to come against that so that you and I don't receive what God has for us. So I ask you tonight, are there any areas in your life where you see repeated failures and repeated frustration, repeated bondage over and over again. You say, I'll never do it again, I'll never do it again, and you're right back into it. You said, I promise I'll never do it again, and you find yourself right back into it. If so, I would say, more than likely, there is a curse in operation. And I want us to study tonight some hidden patterns that may be a result of curses from our lives, or from generations past. And I want to tie that together so you can get an understanding of that. See, one of the most important provisions that was made to us through the sacrificial uh, suffering and death of Jesus Christ, we learn in Galatians 3. And in Galatians 3, 13 and 14, he tells us Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Jesus came to redeem you from the curse. So there's no need for you to, if you've got Jesus, there's no need for you to buy the lie of the enemy and these deceiving spirits and these doctrines of demons to get you off path and deal with a curse. You, don't, you shouldn't be dealing with the curse. The curse was dealt with on the cross. Somebody say amen. amen. The curse was dealt with on the cross. He came and redeemed you from the curse. For the scripture says, having become a curse for us he took the curse on himself how did he do that for it is written cursed is he who hangs on a tree there was written a loophole that god had placed in the old testament law that if you died on a tree if you were hung on a tree even before crucifixion was ever thought of god thought of it there would be a curse that comes upon you and we know that Jesus went to the cross. Peter tried to stop him, and Jesus said, Satan, get thee behind me. Peter says, you can't go to Jerusalem, they'll crucify you. He said, Satan, get thee behind me. It sounded like it was compassionate words and loving words from Peter, but it was, uh, there was a deceiving spirit there. There was a deceiving spirit trying to keep Jesus from hanging on a cross because Jesus knew he had to hang on a cross so he could take the curse off of us. So here in the 21st century, we shouldn't be living with a curse. We're going to identify the curse. We're going to get rid of the curse tonight. Amen. Amen. So it's written, curse is he who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Jesus Christ or in Christ Jesus. So he not only wants the curse off of you, he wants his blessing on you. So if we want to not just leave here curse-free tonight. We want to leave here blessed. Blessed. Hallelujah. So the essence of the work that took place with Jesus on the cross is called a divine or, or or it was a divinely ordained exchange. Uh, and we need to understand that there was a divine exchange it was ordained of god it was the plan of god god knew a curse was on us we couldn't shake it we couldn't outrun it we couldn't hide from it the curse was on us we were born with that curse on us there were generational curses that passed on us that we can't even identify and he says he knew that so he says i am going to ordain this exchange this divine exchange where evil, due by the justice uh, that, 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 that you might would say is justified to come on us, because for you know, the wages of sin is death, the Bible says, and we've all come short of the glory of God. So all of us, by our sin nature, has opened up the door for the curse to come upon us. So there had to be a justice in a court of law. There had to be a, an equaling of the balance there. And Jesus stepped in and took our place so that the good that was due by the obedience of Jesus would come upon us as we surrender our lives to Him. Our curse came on Him so that His goodness could come on us. Our lack came on Him so that His blessing could come on us. There was this divine, ordained exchange that took place. And for everyone who places your faith in Christ Jesus, you the, the, the legal, uh, uh, you might would say... Uh, uh, weight of the law has been met it has been met so you don't have to stand before God or the enemy or this world condemned because there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus so we've got to make sure we're in Christ Jesus how do we do that we do that by surrendering to his will surrendering to his lordship We cannot be in charge of our own lives. Now, the good thing is He created us. He created us with purpose and destiny. He put the gifts and the talents and everything in us good. And if we are surrendered to He who created us, then He's going to lead us into the fullest life, the fullness of life like nothing other. You'll have greater joy and greater pleasure and greater excitement and greater success if you will live under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So it's not a sentence of being a a subservient that is having to, you might would say, uh, be like a slave to God. No, you, you, you actually get to participate in His divine plan for your life. And there's no greater joy than doing what you were created to do. You take a duck and you try to take him under the water and he's not too happy. You try to take a fish and take him out of the water, he's not too happy. Because they they, they love, they're most happy where they were created to be. And you're most happy when you're doing what you were created to do. And all of that happens when we surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We have to take what we think is best, and let me tell you what, we can't see 10 feet in front of us. I know physically we can, but spiritually we can't. And if we think we can figure out and and make our own life, we'll make so many mistakes, we'll give the devil a free ride in so many areas of our life and cause so much pain and so much uh, brokenness that it'll take half a lifetime to fix what we messed up. And at the end of your life, you look back and you say, look at all those wasted years. I have sat at the bedside of many a dying people and as I'm there praying with them and talking with them and counseling with them they say I've wasted 60 years I wasted 70 years I was running from God I was rebellious I was doing my own thing and my own thing was hurting the people around me my own thing was hurting me I didn't see it at the time but it was just bringing destruction after destruction layer upon layer causing so much so much pain and now here I am and I see it all and I want to fix it and I don't have the strength to get up out of this bed and I don't even think I have the strength to live another week. Many of people have sat there. Some of them, I would hold their hands praying with them even as they took their last breath. Wishing that they had ten more years, five more years to go and fix some of the foolishness that they did while they were under the servitude of Satan. See, God says you're going to be under one master or the other. See, so you might think you're all big and bad and in charge, but you're really not. Jesus said it this way, you'll either uh, be committed to one and hate the other, love one and, be de- uh, and despise the other. You can only serve one, one of the two masters. So you're either serving Satan or you're serving the Lord. You said, no, I'm serving myself. Well, if you're serving yourself, you're serving your flesh, and your flesh is serving Satan. So you're either serving one or the other. Why well, serve the one who wants to kill, steal, and destroy in my life rather than serve the one who wants to give me an abundant life. Logically, it doesn't make any sense, does it? Okay. So this divine exchange took place and the evil due by the justice uh, 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 to us came upon Jesus so that the good due by the obedience and allegiance of Jesus might be offered to us. So here's a clear aspect of the exchange. Jesus was made a curse for you and me. He took on a curse for you and me that we might be redeemed from the curse and receive the blessing. And and he puts great emphasis. If you go back to Galatians 3.13, put it back up there. You'll see 13 and 14. Look at it, the great emphasis on the word curse. He mentions it three different times. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Say one. One. That's the first time. Having become a curse. Say two. Two. For it is written, curse. Say three. three. Is everyone who hangs on a tree. So three times he mentions the word curse. He is trying to get our attention and educate us or re-educate us or indoctrinate us with the truth of God's Word so that the curse would be, come off of us and that we would receive the blessing of Abraham to come upon us. There's some of you here tonight, there's areas of your life. I guarantee if you did some study you would see that there's probably a curse that has a claw in an area of your life and the blessing of God is not manifesting there. I would say be open to recognize it as we do a little test here in just a moment. And if, this, and if you recognize even the semblance of a claw, of an enemy that is gripping onto you, that you'd be willing to say, the curse be gone. The curse be gone in Jesus' name that the blessing might come in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. See, too many Christians, they just don't understand the provision that was made by God. And there are demons that are under assignment to keep you from understanding this. That's why we need ministry to be bold to preach the Word of God. Because too many Christians are not availing themselves of what God has for them because they're not hearing the Word and because they're not hearing it in the Word, their faith is not arising for them to act on it. Both blessings and curses. They're real, church. They're real. They're real. Let me tell you. They are real. It's illogical to say you believe in blessings, but you don't believe in curses. That's like saying I believe in day, but I don't believe in night. Or I believe in heat, but I don't believe in cold. Or I believe in up, but I don't believe in down. Or I believe in in, but I don't believe in out. Let me tell you, they're both real and they're both three themes of the Scripture. Blessings and curses are words charged with supernatural power for either good or evil. And once they are released, they usually continue from one generation to the next generation until they are revoked or canceled. Go ahead and prepare yourself that in the close of this service, we're going to revoke and cancel any curse we can identify that may have come even on us from generations past because they have to be revoked and they have to be canceled this means that there can be forces at work in your life that were set in motion in previous generations you may not know why you have the tendency to do what you're doing you may not understand why something is pulling on you even though you know it be wrong it just pulls on you it calls you it speaks to you you were never really introduced to it but there's a voice there's a shadow that is at work could have come from generations past amen. and it will continue until it is identified it is revoked and it is canceled and we're going to do that here in the next few minutes amen So tonight I want to give you some guidelines that will help you identify whether a curse is at work in your life or not because it's possible that you are struggling against something that you've never been able to master and what you're struggling against is a curse and you need to identify it and we need to deal with it amen so here's a practical picture of what a curse is like a curse is a dark shadow or an evil hand from the past. Okay, let's look at it now. It's not something that you've gone and and, and conjured up when you're on. It's a dark shadow or an evil hand from the past, and it's oppressing you, or it's pressing you down, or it's holding you back, or it's tripping you up to propel you in the direction that you really don't wish to take. That's what a curse does. It doesn't stand there and say, I'm a curse and I've come from hell and you and I are going to be buddies and I'm going to drag you to hell with me. It doesn't do that. It works in the shadows. It's like a dark shadow or an evil hand from the past that that oppresses you. It, It is bringing pressure against you to press you down, to hold you back or to trip you up and propel you to do what you really don't wish to do. Or you could compare it to a negative atmosphere that surrounds you and it seems to be stronger at some times more so than others but you're never totally free from it. It's like the fisherman that will, will, will release the tension line and let the, let the fish just swim off with the line. The fish thinks he's free. He thinks he's free but all of a sudden when that, when that uh, fisherman is ready to start bringing you back in he's going to flip the switch and he's going to start reeling you in and snatch the hook back in your mouth again and you thought you were free and all of a sudden this thing has pulled you back this thing is still there and and it took you off guard because you thought you were free and and the key word if you're dealing with a curse one of the key words would in your life would be frustration you're frustrated you frustrate others around you because they can't understand why you're free. And then all of a sudden you're back. You're doing it again. And they're like, wait a minute, what happened here? And they're mad at you. but what's, And you're mad at you. And you're mad at them. And you're everybody's mad at everybody. And the devil's just sitting there uh, fishing away and enjoying, uh, frustrating your life. I've seen people rise to a certain level of success, and even though uh, they have all the qualifications to succeed and, and, and to keep going, something always goes wrong. Always goes wrong. And some people say, ah, they just have a fear of success. I don't know that it's they have a fear of success why every time they get to this certain lid, something will go wrong, and they always go back and start all over again. I don't know that it's so much a fear of, uh, of success as it is a curse at work. A curse at work where you have to start all over again you reach that certain level does anybody identify with this know anybody that identifies with this it seems like there's a pattern it is a pattern it's it's the course of the curse in your life there's no obvious reason it should be that pattern but it's there I can't tell you how many people that I've dealt with that that uh, tell their life story and it has this pattern I mean, the details vary, but the pattern is always very similar. I've seen areas in their life uh, go through these patterns, whether in business or personal relationships. Boy, does it like to manifest there. Uh, Career, uh, finances, health, addictions. I've seen it in all these areas and so many more. This pattern that just keeps going over and over again. And whether it may be uh, this dark shadow or this evil hand from the past, a curse that may even go back from generation to generation, it always likes to manifest in the current generation that is living. It can't do anything in the past, so it's working to manifest itself in the present. Forms that curses may take when, when studying the blessings and studying the curses in the Bible, you, you need to go to where the champion chapter uh, is on blessings and curses, and that's always Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28 is very legal, Deuteronomy 28 is very detailed about the blessings and the curses. Now, there are 68 verses there. We're not gonna, we're not, actually, we're not gonna read any of them tonight. But we we could spend a long time going through 68 verses. The first 14 verses in Deuteronomy 28 talk about the blessings. I love it. God opens up with the blessings, gives us some hope, gives us some encouragement there. But boy, then you go on those 54 remaining verses. They deal with the curses. Why are there more verses dealing with the curses than there are the blessing? Maybe because there's more people that's living their life under the curse than they are under the blessing, but God wants us to move to the front. He wants us to move to the front and be blessed. Amen? So if you did a study on here, a brief summation of the blessings would be exaltation. In other words, God wants to lift you up. God wants to take you to the next level. God wants to bless your marriage. You've enjoyed it at this level. He wants to take it to another level. You've enjoyed your children. He, you've enjoyed them at this level. He wants to take it to another level. You've enjoyed your parents. You want, you've been to this level. He wants to take it to the next level. You've enjoyed success in finances he, at this level. He wants to take it to the next level. It's all about exaltation, lifting you up. Thank God that we serve a God who wants to lift us up. If we fall down, He wants to help us up. If, if we're uh, uh, running on a flat road, He wants to put the incline in there so we can go to the next level and the next level. He's all about blessing us. So it's about exaltation, the blessings about health. If you look at those 14 verses, it's about health in our physical body and health in our relationships and health and health in our reproductive nature, so that we're reproducing and we're multiplying prosperity. It talks about that and victory and God's favor. Those would be the summations of the blessings. But then when you get to the brief summation of the curses, they're essentially the opposite. It's about humiliation. The curse wants to humiliate you. The curse wants to cause you to act in a way that you look back on it and you're shamed. You're shamed. And you you bring disgrace upon yourself. You bring disgrace upon your upbringing. You bring disgrace upon everything that God has blessed you with. Even God Himself. It's about humiliation. It's about mental and physical sickness. That's what the curse wants to bring. It wants you sick. It wants your body broken. It wants your mentally broken. And and failure to reproduce. It doesn't want another generation. Let's kill off what God wants. Let's abort what God wants. Let's not let live. If God wants the earth to be filled with men and women and children and husbands and wives and families, let's kill that. Let's take that out. The curse is always about family breakdown. If there's strife and stress and and, 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 and heartache in your family, it's a curse at work. That is not how God wants you to live. That is not how God wants you to live. Some people have had so many generations of of so much brokenness in family relationships that they think that's the normal. And there's so many people around them that are like that that they think everybody's like that. I'm telling you, everybody's not like that. And that's not how God wants you to live the rest of your life. He wants your family blessed. He wants your relationships blessed. Because the curse tries to bring in brokenness in the family, tries to bring in poverty, tries to bring in deceit and oppression and failure and God's disfavor. Boy, the curse, that evil hand of the past is hard at work. And in connections with the blessings, Moses told Israel, if God's blessings are on your life, you'll be the head and not the tail, and above only, and not beneath. That's what he says the blessings do. So I ask you, are you living like the head, or are you living like the tail? Are you taking the initiative, are you making the decisions in your life, or are you just being dragged around like the tail by the forces that you seemingly have no control over? and the smelliest part of, the in, of the, any animal you will find at the tail and it's like my life stinks when you're living at the tail i know it may put a smile on her face but living a life that stinks is no fun right so are you living above only or are you living under there were two christians they got together and they were talking and and one said how are you doing the other one said well well under the circumstances i'm not doing too badly so the first one replied, What are you doing under the circumstances? You should be, you, the circumstances should be under you. You should be over your circumstances. But when we take on this victim mentality, which the curse loves to do, which excuses where we're at, we'll sit there and we will Facebook and we will tweet and we will do memes and we will do everything we can in conversation to tell everybody how bad it is and why it why it's that bad and and, and boy you get people depressed they're like wow you really have a tough life wow you poor poor thing boy curses love to hear that these deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons they love to hear that because what's happening is you are succumbing to it now again, we never want to deny what we're going through. And when we want somebody to pray with us, we need to get, give them some detail to help us. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about where you've just given up, where you're just a victim. You're, just a, you're the volleyball or you are the soccer ball in the, in the match. And you're just getting kicked around. That's your life. Just getting, you really don't know where you're going. You don't know if you're going to go in that net or you're going to go in that net or you're going to be deflated. You don't know. You're just getting kicked around and you're just, that, that's how life is. That is not how life is supposed to be. That is not. So here's seven co- common indications that you're being affected by a curse. And let's look at them. Kind of do a little test here and see if maybe there's a curse at work in any area of your life. The first one, and uh, uh, were y'all not able to pull up the uh, slide I had for this? I had a slide, I thought, with this. Maybe not, okay, we're good. Um, Sometimes the technology when transfer doesn't transfer properly, but nonetheless, seven common indications that you are affected by a curse. Mental or emotional breakdown. Mental or emotional breakdown. If you're having a hard time keeping it together between your ears, to where you just can't take the pressure, you just can't take it, and you want to pull your hair out, and you blow up, or you either blow up, blow out, or you pull away, and you go into isolation, and you go into deep depression, and there's always this battle between your ears. There's never any peace. There's never any calm. Let me tell you what. That is not God. God is a God of peace. And he He wants a calm in your mind to where you can be in the quiet, some people say I can't be in a quiet place because I got so much demons in this. They don't even say it. I got so much demons going on in my head that I, I don't want to hear them. I want to drown them out. Let me tell you what. Instead of drowning them out and ignoring them or trying to medicate them, what you need to do is you need to expel them. Boy, I thought I would got a bigger amen than that. There's not enough medicine and there's not enough alcohol and there's not enough drugs legal or illegal to mask and silence them it may for a short moment but really and truly it gives them an open door to bring more in they'll get quiet to fool you so that they can bring more in and their only intent is to destroy your life and make it worse another indication is repeated or chronic sicknesses Especially if they're hereditary or without clear medical diagnosis, repeated or chronic sicknesses. It's like you get sick from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, and then you finally become the victim and you just say, like, I'm a sickly person. Don't ever say that. Don't ever say that. See, there's a curse at work here. I identify it. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I revoke it. I cancel it. It stops here. I'm going to rise up and walk in the wellness and the healing and the health and the strength and the blessing and the favor that God has provided for me in and through His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus hung on a cross so I wouldn't have to live with this. And I rebuke the curse now. I resist you, devil, and you must flee. We can't give in. And if we don't hear a, a, a word that is coming against what we're dealing with, we feel like we just have to surrender to a life like that. You do not. Another indication is repeated miscarriages uh, or related uh, uh, issues that are, 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 are causing uh, death to, to the babies. I mean, you know, babies dying in their sleep. Uh, Stillborn, and I mean not stillborn, but crib death and that stuff. Let me tell you what the enemy wants to kill off the next generation. God says you'll be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, and the devil says if God wants it, I'm against it. It's kind of like, and it's sad to say that uh, we we're witnessing even in the political arena today that there are two sides so divided that if one says, and this this is everyone but these are the voices you hear. If one says, I'm for it, the other one says, I'm against it, even if it's for the good of everyone. It's just because we're against each other, and that's wrong. That's wrong. We should come together on truth. We should come together on what's best for our families, what's best for our country, what's best for the kingdom of God. And, and, and we must understand that, that if, if the devil is against everything that God wants for us, if God, God wants you to have... Children that respect you and honor you and God wants you to have parents that you love and you admire and respect and have wonderful relationship, the devil's going to do everything he can to break that up. If, 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 the, if God wants you to be blessed, to have enough to give your children, leave your children an inheritance for them, their generation and the next generation and the next generation and have an abundance that you can help take care of those that can't take care of themselves, if that's what God wants, the devil wants you broke, busted, and disgusted. If God wants you to live in peace where there's nothing broken and nothing missing and you've got a smile on your face even if you wake up and somebody looks at you without you even knowing they're looking at you, you've still got a smile on your face because there's just a peace from heaven that's just filled your soul. Hallelujah. The devil says, I want you to be in chaos. I want you to be in fear. I want you to be in trouble. And, and I want you to always be worrying and always fretting about what's going to happen and what's not going to happen. And, and you're always frowning. You know, it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. There's a lot of people working out in the wrong place. Another one is the breakdown of marriage and family. Satan wants to destroy our marriage. Husband, hear me. They're demons. They're deceiving demons. They're doctrines of demons. They're deceiving spirits. They're Satan himself. They, they are at work to destroy your marriage. And the least opportunity, I mean, any opportunity when you least expect it, those demons are going to try to deceive one of you or both of you in believing something wrong about one or the other. Always trying to cause trouble. Always trying to make you hear that reply with with the wrong message. You said, yes, dear, and she's mad. Why are you mad? Well, you said it in a way that you offended me. Well, I said, yes, dear. I say, yes, dear, to everything that you want that, that's good, you know. But boy, there was a demon there just saying, oh, he's got an attitude or she's got an attitude. She just Look at the way she just set that plate down. She's mad, you know. So now you, you get your, your wall up and you're ready to fight and you're ready to come against anything. Let me tell you what. There, you, we, we can laugh about this, but it is at work. There are, there are demon there are demon powers at work, deceiving spirits, and these doctrines of demons are at work. And, and one of the ways to identify them at work with a curse is the breakdown of marriage and family, uh, where the family is alienated, the family's fallen apart. The family, let me tell you what, we have a crisis of the family in America today. And if you were to go to Europe, you will see there's been a crisis of the family. And you go to other countries, you see the enemy is doing the same thing there as well because God put the family together so Satan is trying to destroy the family and re-identify the family so that it doesn't look like the family that God said. He is at work here. These are deceiving spirits and these are doctrines of demons that, that Paul told Timothy even in the last days you're going to see an increase of them trying to do and spread their mayhem. Another way to recognize whether or not maybe a spirit uh, that a curse is at work is continuing financial insufficiency, especially where the income appears to be sufficient. You make enough, you make more than you used to make, but you're still maybe as broke or broker than you were before. It's like you can never get ahead. You can never get ahead. There is always something that is work at work behind the scenes to keep you in financial distress let me tell you what that could be a curse and you say no it's bad budgeting there could be a curse and these deceiving spirits that are helping you not budget properly because their goal is to keep you in need where God says that you will have more than enough and that he is your God that will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory so that that's not the testimony that the world sees that the world sees that God keeps his children in poverty He keeps his children hungry. He keeps his children one paycheck from losing it all. And that is not God's plan. That is a sign that there is a curse, an evil hand, a dark hand from the past that maybe came in from the generation before you or generations before you. But you need to identify that curse and you need to let's deal with it tonight. We don't have to, this isn't a six-month plan to get rid of curse. I mean, you can get rid of a curse quicker than you can get rid of bed bugs. Do you hear what I'm saying? You can get rid of a curse quicker than you can get rid of roaches. You can get rid of a curse quicker than you get rid of uh, geese landing in the backyard. Ducks, you know, messing up your backyard, okay? You get rid of them tonight. Hallelujah. Another sign that maybe a curse is at work is being accident prone Uh, Or it's like you're bound to being accidents or you're bound to things. You're bound, you're bound. It's like something has got a chain on you. Maybe it's like addictions even. It's just always tripping you up. Always tripping you up in accidents and in messing up in the wrong areas of life. That's a sign there's a curse there. That's not how God created your feet to walk. He created your feet to walk from glory to glory and faith to faith to walk in the miraculous he took the curse off of us by coming becoming a curse for us uh, taking that curse on the tree so that you and i might be blessed so that we could walk in the blessings of god we could walk in the favor of god not being tripped up met in accidents and bondages and, and 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 things that are destroying our lives and then another indication that maybe a curse is at work is in a family that have, has this uh, record maybe of suicide, this history of suicides or unnatural deaths. It's like nobody in the family ever lives to be in their 80s and 90s. It just seems like that never happens. They died in their 40s, they died in their 50s, their early 60s. Let me tell you what, 60s, early, young. And anybody in here in the 50s, you know 60s is young, right? Amen. It's younger now than it's ever been. Hallelujah. But, but this history of suicides or these suicidal uh, tendencies or this uh, uh, unnatural early death, that's a sign of curses at work. God says, I will, I will bless you with long life. The blessing is to give you long life, healthy life, not just long life where you, you don't know who you are in the world, but healthy life. You know who you are. You're able to feed yourself. You're able to take care of yourself. Isn't that how we all want to live? That's the creative order of God. That's the nature of God in all of us. Many times, the presence of a curse is the barrier to us receiving healing in our lives. So first, the curse needs to be revoked. We need to release folks from the curse so they can go on to receive the blessing. The curse came off of us, has to come off of us so that the blessings can come on us. And if we're going with the curse on us, trying to get the blessings on us, can't you see how they're, uh, they're, they're battling it out? And we're never getting anywhere. So if you have any needs or problems whatsoever in your life, there is the one place, and only one place you must go to find God's provision for the solution. He made it so simple. Thank God He made it so simple. That one place is the cross of Jesus we need to go to the cross of Jesus. When we're dealing with the curse, we need to go to the cross of Jesus. Because through what Jesus accomplished by His death on the cross, provided for every one of us, spiritually, physically, materially, for time and eternity, has been made available to us the blessing, the curse coming off, and the blessing coming on us. There is no other basis in the Scripture than the cross for the provision of God. So that's why I said we don't have to uh, get in the canine unit to sniff out the bed bugs and then encase the furniture and put some kind of toxins in there and hope we can kill the You know, long process, you know, to get rid of a curse. We can come to the cross because the process has already been taken care of. The process and the work that was involved to take care of the curse has already been done 2,000 years ago on the cross of Jesus Christ. So it's through the cross that you can come to God and receive provision for His blessings and removal of the curse off of your life. Because when Jesus died on the cross, that divinely ordained exchange took place. It was ordained by God. It was predicted many centuries before by the prophets of God that it would take place. You see it in Isaiah 53 and 6 where He says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to His own ways. And the Lord has laid on Him. Who's Him? Jesus the iniquity of us all and iniquity is that brokenness that curse that passes underneath the surface from generation to generation all of it was laid on Jesus so that you and I don't have to carry that burden anymore hallelujah praise God the essence of what took place when Jesus was on the cross was that divinely ordained exchange but the exchange must take place You've got to give up the curse so you can take on the blessing. He made the provision. You've got to lay down the curse. You've got to let go of the curse. You've got to stop identifying with the curse. And you've got to take on the blessing and identify with the blessing. Because the evil due by justice to us came on Jesus 2,000 years ago so that the good that was due to the obedience of Jesus might come on us who were in Christ oh what a glorious exchange hallelujah he did the hard work he did the heavy lifting jesus was punished that we might be forgiven hallelujah He was wounded that we might be healed. He was bruised that we might be freed from this iniquity. He was bound that we might be free. He tasted our death so that we might share in His life. He was made sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He endured rejection so that you and I might be accepted in Him. So here's the clear aspect of the exchange that many, many miss. Jesus was made a curse that we might be redeemed from the curse and receive the blessing. Don't let a deceiving spirit and don't let a doctrine of demons ever take that truth out of the center of your mind and the center of your heart. Because there are too many Christians, and I'm saying Christians, there are too many Christians who are suffering under curses rather than living under the blessings. And I don't like that. God doesn't like that. The Holy Ghost doesn't like that. Jesus doesn't like that. Your Heavenly Father doesn't like that. And you as a Christian shouldn't like that either. And there are reasons for it. One is because they don't know how to recognize what is a blessing and what is a curse. And two, if they're under a curse, they don't understand the basis upon which they can be released. They think, since I've been born with this thing, I've dealt with it my whole life. This is just my life. This is my lot in life. I've heard people say. Let me tell you what—that's a—that's a lie from the deceiving spirits. Those deceiving spirits are deceiving you. But there's a cure. There's a cure. We can take the curse, C-U-R-S-E, curse. Let's drop the S, move over the R-E, and we've got the cure. Okay? And that is first, that R-E is going to be our keyword. This is our key word so that we know how to operate and walk in the cure. That's going to help us remember. First, the R-E is recognized recognize you must recognize the problem you must recognize the problem if you won't recognize it's a problem then you're stuck right there if you will not recognize that you have a problem I mean every every uh, freedom clinic you will ever go to whether it's based in God's Word or based in other goodness of humanity will always take you step one. You've got to recognize you've got a problem. Because as long as you feel like or will uh, try to uh, justify the curse, what you're doing is you're covering for the devil. Here he is in your life to bring nothing but death, nothing but loss, nothing but destruction, and you're covering for him he's gonna cut your throat he's gonna stab you in the back he's gonna burn you alive he's going to destroy you he may not be he may act like he's your bud but really and truly he's going to destroy you and if you won't recognize that what this spirit is doing in your life is a curse then you're never going to be able to get cured from it you've got to recognize it secondly you got to repent you know that's still a word in the Bible Did you know that? Repentance is still required. Amen? Amen. Repent from anything that you may have done to expose yourself to the curse. And repentance is not just a changing of the mind, but a changing of the heart and a changing of your life. You stop hanging with the people you were hanging with. You stop talking to the people you were talking with that, were, that the enemy was using to keep you in this area. And let me tell you what, if it was even family members and they were helping keep you bound by saying, you know what, you poor thing, you've always been the sickly one. and Let me just take care of you. And they're an enabler. You need to say, I need a little break. I need a little break. I don't need you fixing for me and caring for me and patting me on my brow. I am healed. Hallelujah. I'm going to get up. I'm going to fix my own plate. I'm going to pour my own glass of of juice. and, And I'm going to be able to take my own trash out. Because you know what? God created me with strength in my body. And if it's somebody trying to get you into a different lifestyle, you're like, wait a minute. i got to break it off because I'm not going that way. I'm not going to live my life that way. I'm going to be a productive human being in society, a child of God who's blessed. And I'm going to have a family that's blessed. And I'm going to have a life that's blessed. I'm not going to keep going so I'm not listening to that anymore so you, you got to repent it's a changing of mind and heart and and the way you live your life and walk it's hundred and eighty degree you've got to turn it around some people say 360 but that goes right back the same way we got 180 degree turn amen so you've got to recognize it you've got to repent and then you have to renounce it you have to renounce it. I apologize. God. I had a whole slide for this. It was a second sin and undoubtedly it's still in my outbox and it didn't go through. I apologize for that. But we'll get through it anyway. We, we preached many a years without it, uh, the overhead up there. So you got to renounce it. you got to declare that you're no longer going to be subject to this thing. you got to renounce it with your own mouth. God told Israel, don't bow down before these false gods. Don't submit to them. And and we have a a right as a Christian to make the same. I'm not submitting to anything outside of God's will ever again. I refuse to do it. I renounce it. From now on, I'm not going to go that route anymore. I'm not going to allow that spirit, that curse uh, entrance in my life anymore. It's not welcome. You've got to renounce it. You've got to evict it. You've got to evict it. You've got to say, I renounce you. You've got to go pack your bags and you don't have 30 days to do it. And then the final RE of the cure is resist. You renounce it, then you resist because it's not going to want to go. It's going to be very obstinate. It will not want to go. It says, ah, oh, you'll get over this little high. You had. Oh, you'll get over this here. And that's a deceiving spirit. will try to talk you out of the truth that you just received from God's Word. So resisting, in, is, 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 is when the Bible tells us to resist the devil and he will flee, there's a verb tense there means a continuous. It's not a one-time uh, act. It's continuous. So, so this is continuous. So you've got to keep resisting. Wouldn't it be nice if we said, devil, I'm not going to play with you anymore. I'm not, I'm not letting you bring your destructive nature in my life anymore. I don't want nothing to do with you. And he says, Oh, shucks, man. And he just walks away and he just says... Can I find some other fool that I can get a hold of? I just need another fool. No, no. He said, man, I've been sitting in your recliner. I got that thing formed. It's the cushions that formed to fit me. I've been living in your world a long time. You think you're going to get rid of me that easy? You think it's going to be that easy? So, so God tells us we've got to resist. I mean, that means we've got to continue to resist. We've got to continue to resist. Okay. So that's in James 4 and 7, where it says, therefore, submit to God, not to the enemy, not to the demons, not to the curse. You've got to submit to God. If you've not submitted to God, it's not going to work for you. You've got to submit to God. Therefore, submit to God, then resist the devil, and the devil will flee from you. So, but that resist is a verb tense. You've got to continue to resist. He's going to flee, but he's going to, he's going to act like he's running away, but he's going to go cut a corner, and he's going to come back on you. He's going to double back, and he's going to see if you change your mind, if you're really going to stand strong in the Word of God, or was that just a religious moment you had? He had to go when you do, if you submit to God and resist him. He has to go, but let me tell you what. He will, he will try to come back. So resist the devil, and the devil will flee from you. So you got to keep resisting. First Colossians 1 Colossians 1:12 through 14. It says, The Father has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Listen to that. First Colossians 1 Colossians 1:12. The Father has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and life. He has qualified us. What Jesus did on the cross qualified you. When Jesus shed His blood, He qualified you. You are qualified. You say, I don't know if this blessed life is for me. Let me tell you, it is. He qualified you. He's already qualified you. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. So the power for deliverance is past tense. It's already done. So all you got to do is, is do the cure. All you got to do is recognize the curse. All you got to do is, 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 as you recognize it, you got to repent. And once you repent, renounce and then resist. So you, the, the power's already been taken care of if you'll just walk in it. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and translated us and that word translated us is, is that same divine ordained exchange where the, the blessing comes on us. There's a, there's a transference, there's a translation that takes place. That you've lived under the curse, but the curse goes so that the, that, that, that blessing could be translated onto your life so that now everything about your life has the translation uh, of the blessing rather than the curse. So He's translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood. So through His blood and Him dying on the cross, it's all been taken care of His part. Now your part is you got to recognize the curse. Is there a curse? Is there a dark hand of the past? Is there something that is... Tripping you up and propelling you in the direction that you know is not a good direction? It just keeps tripping you up and pushing you? Is there a hand? Is there a claw? Is there a deceiving spirit? Is there a doctrine of demons that is pushing you in that direction? Recognize it. And then repent. Repent. Say, I changed my mind. I changed my heart. I don't want to live like this anymore. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to submit to God. God's created me for, for good things and I want, to, I want to achieve all of them. And I surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I repent of my sins. I ask God to forgive me because I have done some foolish things. I have done some hurtful things. I have done some shameful things. God, forgive me. And then you've got to become a man or a woman of your destiny. And you got to rise up and say, with this tongue, I can release blessing or curses. I can deal with the curses and I can deal with blessing. The power's in this tongue. Well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take this tongue and I'm going to renounce the curses. you got to go. You're not coming off my tongue anymore. You're not going to live in my house. You're not going to live in my mind. You're not going to live around my neighborhood. you got to go. I renounce you in the name of Jesus. And I release the blessing with the same tongue now, the blessing of God that Jesus you provided, I receive it. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to live under the blessing. My life will be a demonstration of the blessing. I'll be an oak of righteousness, a planting of God for the display of His blessings. I'm going to be a Christmas tree of ornaments, and the ornaments are the blessings of God. I'm going to have all the lights all over me, and that's going to be the blessings of God. I'm going to provide the structure of the tree so that He can just ordain me uh, uh, with with, uh, all His blessings. Amen. Amen. Do you, yeah, you join me? Yes. We're going to pray. And if you really mean business, I'm going to lead you in a prayer and we can, take, we can take care of this curse issue tonight. We can deal with it right now. Like I said, we don't need a six month process. You can deal with it right now. The resisting is what you're going to have to continue to do when you go home because he's going to run, but he's going to come back knocking on your window in the middle of the night. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy, you know, we usually sleep together. We usually hang together. Come on, open oh, the window, let me in. And you're going to, have to, you're going to have to renounce him again and say, I resist you in the name of Jesus. And when he hears that, he's got to go. You've submitted to God. You resist the devil. He's got to flee. He's got to go. He cannot violate the word of God. And then you just keep resisting. You'll find out one day he'll leave you alone. He'll say, I'm not getting back in on that one. That one smartened up. Those deceiving those deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons that Paul was talking about to young Pastor Timothy and that church is, uh, you know, I, it don't work anymore. And, 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 and let me tell you what, that's a blessed way to live. That's a blessed way to live. Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Come on, I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. If you really want to mean business and take care of any curse that maybe you've identified in your life, I'm going to just lead you in this prayer and I want you to be bold. I want you to be bold. This curse has been bold and it's been holding you back, but I'm ready for you to take and identify it, get rid of it in the name of Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. And you're the only way to God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And you rose again from the dead. And I believe that on the cross you were made a curse. With every curse that was due to me, you took so that I might be redeemed from every curse and receive the blessing. So Lord Jesus, I confess that I have sinned And I've opened the door for the curse. And my ancestors have sinned. And they opened the door for the curse. But I repent. And I ask for your forgiveness. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, God, I pray today. Of everything that I've ever done against you and your kingdom. And I also forgive every person that has ever harmed or wronged me I forgive them as I would have you dear Lord forgive me I forgive myself say it again I forgive myself Lord help me right now to forgive myself I renounce all contact with the occult in any form and in any way and I commit myself to get rid of any contact objects that identify me with a curse. And now, Lord, having received faith for your, and Your forgiveness with the authority as a child of God, with my tongue, that You've given me power to do this with, I release myself And I release those under my authority from any curse over our lives. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare declare release. I declare release. I declare release. I claim it and I receive it by faith in Jesus' name that I am free. Now begin to thank Him, church. Begin to thank Him. That's the surest expression of praise. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let's make a good confession, okay? Let me lead you in this, and then we go out into this night. Okay, here's our good confession say, through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, I have passed out from under the curse and entered into the blessing of abraham whom god is blessed in all things i am no longer living under the curse i am living under the blessing for i have recognized the curse i have repented i have renounced the curse i have resisted the devil he is gone the curse is gone the blessing has come favor has come. The anointing of Christ has come. I am free. Free indeed. In Jesus' name. Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah.